0: Hey guys, here for episode 30 of Beef's Beef. Uh, I've told you guys I've had some special guests, but this one has to be the the most special one that I've had so far. Uh, the fact that, that I've gotten to come to his humble abode and, and record this episode is uh, very humbling and I'm very appreciative. So on the episode today, we have a guy that went to six Final Fours, two-time NCAA champion, two-time sporting news coach of the year, a one-time basketball weekly coach of the year, a one-time gold medalist, USA World University Games. He was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame in 1994 and the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006. He was also the University of Louisville's head coach from 1971 to 2001. I got none other than Coach Denny Crum. Thank you for coming on, sir. Well,
1: Brandon, it's a pleasure to be here talking to you. I'm... Uh retired now so then I'm not actually doing much I'm I've been looking for some real good hunting property but other than that I've been enjoying being home with my dogs and things are going
0: good I mean judging by this the I'm looking at your property here man the pond that you got here next to the house all the dogs I mean I figure I don't know how far back your property goes back that way but I figure you got some good yeah I'm sure you got some good hunting land here
1: Yeah, I do, and and, uh, I've got some deer on this property that uh, if they make normal growth between now and this next season, which it doesn't come around until September, I'll have a a trophy that I want (laughs) that (laughs) I can put on my wall. Uh, We've got a half a freezer full of deer meat as it is right now, (laughs) but I'll be able to to shoot me one, probably with my bow and arrow, uh, and shoot a trophy that, one that I'd like to mount and put up on, on the wall. I'm not, I I don't like to just kill anything, Yeah. Uh, but I've shot my brown bear in Alaska, I've shot my six by six elk up in British Columbia, and I've uh, shot my mountain goat up in British Columbia. Oh, wow. So I've had some great experiences uh, as far as my hunting is concerned, but I've kind of gotten into this deer hunting thing, and and there's a lot of good deer hunting here in Kentucky. There's a, there's a, a lot of deer, and uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they're going to have to increase the, the numbers of deer that you can take each year because uh, they're getting run over on hitting on the highway all, no matter where you go around here, you'll find, you'll see them. And so I'm hopeful that they'll increase the the season take that you can, that you can give the money or the uh, meat to charities. There's a lot of charities that would cherish having uh, the venison. It's, It's good meat and you get it processed properly and uh, there's a lot of good it can do so that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to give the meat to the charities and and uh, and I'm not going to shoot anything that's not a trophy
0: I hear you, I hear you <laughs> so these guys, your, some of your hunting dogs or you or you just go out there and well, pretty much these, shoot yourself
1: these two are my labs this one over
0: here is I think eight mm-hmm.
1: the chocolate lab, eight or nine something like that and this one's Black one is, uh, I think he's six. They had no
0: problem greeting me at the at the driveway. It was, a... <laughs> oh no! And then those
1: two, there's two more outside. Uh, my Italian <laughs> sheepdog and then my mutt, and I don't know what he is.
0: But... That Italian sheepdog is one of the most beautiful dogs I've seen. He is a gorgeous,
1: gorgeous animal. And
0: all of them seem really well natured too. That was that was what I liked. Even though they were greeting me at the at the in the driveway, they, they did nothing but lick me once I got out of the car but again coach Grum, i want i want to thank you again for i'm sure i know you said you don't really have that that hectic of, of a schedule but i'm sure a lot of people have probably contacted you tried to get you to do interviews and stuff I, got, I just got to thank you again for taking time out to to actually take an interview with me
1: this is our second one isn't it yeah
0: it is we did yeah. one almost 13 years ago to the date i came to your office or i had to do a school project it was my sophomore year in high school uh 2005 Uh, March of 2005 at that time I wanted to be a coach Uh, I did coach I have coached in basketball in between now and then but I kind of figured out that coaching really wasn't for me I still would I still like helping out coaching but I think this is the kind of area that I want to go into so I came to your or my aunt emailed you Uh, my aunt Sherry Nally works in the chemistry department at University of Louisville still emailed you Asked if you'd be willing. She she said you wrote her right back. And you said, absolutely. Tell him to come to my office on this day. And I, I can't tell you. I was just as ecstatic then as I was as ecstatic now when I, when I got a confirmation of this one. Uh, and this one, I got to come to your house. So I've, I've seen your office and I've seen your house. This is amazing. But uh, when I was a kid, I had, I had a shirt. It was passed down from, I think it was my cousin, my older brothers. I have seven brothers. So... I'm second youngest, and I'll be 30 this December. So that tells you how old my brothers are. We had a shirt. It was a kid, probably about the size of the, the logo I have on my shirt now, in an oversized jersey, oversized basketball. And it said, hang on, Denny, I'm growing as fast as I can. Have, have you ever seen that shirt? I say,
1: I have seen one. I don't happen to have one of those, but I, I have seen it. But it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't. Uh, I'm trying to remember where I saw it. But I did see one like that. Uh, hold on, Denny. I'm growing as fast as I can.
0: I wish. I wish I still had that shirt. Cause I mean, when I was a kid, and until I figured out that, well, Brandon, you're five foot nine. You don't really have that much athletic ability. I wanted to play for Louisville. That was what I wanted to do. <laughs> and that shirt pretty much emphasized that and showed exactly what I wanted to do. But it was funny because I wish. I, like I said, I wish I still had that shirt, and it was. Just seeing it in old pictures and stuff, it's like, man, that that shirt was great. But I always wondered, you coming from, you being born, you were born in California, went to the UCLA. You actually played at a, uh, you actually played at a JUCO first, right? Before you played at UCLA. I did
1: for two years, yeah.
0: And so, first of all, how did you end up at UCLA when you played at the JUCO first?
1: Well, I wanted to go there when I was in high, sc- you know, from high school, but. <clears throat> uh, I needed a scholarship. I needed uh, to get help, get my education paid for. And junior college out there was basically free. Just getting to and from was yeah. the biggest issue. And uh, at the end of my freshman year, I had a opportunity to uh, talk to, to UCLA and Coach Wooden and at the time uh they didn't think i was good enough to play there and uh it was interesting because w- when i finished my freshman year i led the state in scoring i averaged 27.1 points per game and, and uh it led all the there's a hundred and some junior colleges out there uh but it was, it was a great experience for me to, to not only go there and get two years of my education uh, out of the way, but it was basically free, and going to UCLA was my dream. So after that, they started recruiting me, and I ended up, of course, going there. I could have gone to some, a lot of other places at that point, but I... I had already decided that if I ever had that opportunity, I was gonna take advantage of it and go see what what it was about Coach Wooden that was so magical. And, <laughs> and I was very fortunate to, to play for him and to be coached uh, by him. And then in turn, uh, uh, I got to learn ha- how he did things and why he was so successful and and uh, I just took it and I decided I was going to be a coach and uh, I took that opportunity I helped him with the freshman team for a couple of years and I was teaching in junior high school at the time it would be the same as middle school here and I I guess I can honestly tell you that I never really thought much about coming back to a place like Louisville or anything I was all caught up in in UCLA and and when uh, coach wooden uh, assistant coach Jerry Norman uh, retired and went into the brokerage well so it was kind of a uh, premonition of mine that I had and and uh, uh, I was at the junior college I think six years and coach uh, Wooden called me and asked me if I would consider uh, coming over and helping him mm-hmm. and uh, I told him that I would love to uh, and I did uh, I took the job the next year and it was interesting because I had to take a three thousand dollar cut and pay to take the UCLA job, but I thought at the time that that it would be worth a lot more than that in the long run if I got the job and and enjoyed it like I thought I would and and uh, learned all the things that I could learn from him and and then uh, you kind of just move on. We were playing in uh, Houston, uh, in the, uh, I guess it was in the Astrodome, as a matter of fact. And and I had uh, uh, an opportunity, I got a phone call from a friend named Frank Cushing. And Frank was, uh, he was a retired colonel in the Air Force. And uh, he had come, uh, and moved uh, into San Diego and from he he helped the football team recruit Bill Walton's brother Bruce Walton and that was a couple years uh, that was even before I got the year before I got the UCLA but I did know who he was he was a starting he was about six five about 290 and uh, he was a you know, a good football player, a lineman. And uh, he said, Have I seen Bill Walton play? He asked that question on the phone, and I told him, No, who's Bill Walton? <laughs> and he said, Would well, you know who Bruce Walton is? I said, I do. He's on our football team. And he said, That's right. And he said, And Bill's his younger brother. He's six foot nine, and coach, he's really a good player. And I, I said, well, I'll come down and take a look at him. So I did and I came back and I told Coach Wooden, he asked me about it, what I thought of him and I told him he was the best high school player I'd ever seen. And he got up from behind his desk and went over and closed the door to the hallway and he says, now Denny, don't make stupid statements like that. <laughs> he said, there's never even been a division one player at that time, come out of San Diego, let alone the best player, you, high school player you've ever seen. I said, well, we're doing pretty well with these other guys we got. I said, why would you question me about, about this one? He said, it's just not logical. And I said, well, coach, everything isn't logical. But I said, I need to get you down there to watch him play one night. And, uh, I know you don't like to go out and all that, but, uh, I said, if we don't get him, he, his parents both went to Berkeley. Oh, and I said, that we'll be playing against him. And I said, we do not want to play against this guy. He is really good. So I had to call Coach's wife and tell her that he would not be home for dinner next <laughs> Tuesday. And she said, oh, yeah, he'll be here. And I said, No, I said, he he won't be there he'll be with me in san diego i says we've got a special project that we're doing and and uh, i didn't tell her the details or anything but i coach finally agreed to go and we jumped in the car and we we're 20 minutes from the airport and we zipped it only took 20 minutes a 20 minute flight yeah and uh we once we got down there we, I, they had a section roped off for us and we watched him play and uh, coach would sign. He signed autographs uh, all the way through until the game started, and then he won't sign them while he's watching the game. But uh, when there's there was a time out or uh, if uh, it was after the game or halftime, or like, he he just kept signing them and. He never said, it when we left the place, he never said anything uh, to me uh, other than gotten into the rental car. And and he says, you know how to get back to the airport? And I said, I do. And so we did, and we turned the car in and went and jumped on an airplane. It, they, they had planes every hour from San Diego. I said to him... Uh, well, that wasn't really much of a game. They dominated that team. I says, but you know, it's it's interesting. They've dominated almost every team they've played. And uh, they averaged 90.1 and gave up 40.1. Oh, wow. So they beat teams by an average of 50 points. <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, Bill was the big, the main reason. But they had two or three little guards that weren't bad. And... Uh, they'd run to the mid-court line whenever a shot would go up and Bill and this football player, 6'4 kid, would rebound a ball and fire it out to them and they'd be three on one, three on two at the other end. And Bill didn't get across the 10-second line most of the time. He was at the back because he usually was the rebounder and he'd rifle that ball to mid-court and boy, they'd, they'd storm down that floor. And then he'd play the back and they'd press the other team 2-2-1 and he he would press from the back. If they threw the long pass, he just moved and reached (laughs) up and snared it and fired it back down there and there they were again. And And it was just the way, that's how they played that game, but they dominated everybody they played. It wasn't even uh, a contest. Uh, So... uh,
0: did he ever admit to you that he was the best college, best high school player? I never asked him again. <laughs> uh, but uh,
1: obviously, I never saw all the high school players play, so that's probably was a dumb
0: statement. Well, no. To be fair, you did say it was the best one you had seen. I did. I so, told him that he
1: that he was the best high school player I had ever seen.
0: So you you giving all those stories there, and you growing up in California, going to UCLA. How did how did the Louisville job come about? How did you find out about the Louisville job?
1: We were playing in uh, Final Four, and I got a call from this Frank Cushing. And uh, he had gotten his doctorate degree at San Diego and took a job at the University of Louisville. It's kind of ironic, in a sense, when you think about it, because uh, I didn't really know him that well. I'd met him twice. And had uh, talked to him about Bill mostly, and uh, about you know what he thought of him and all that. And it was at a time uh, when we were still playing in the Final Four. And I told him, I said, I'd love to come and visit you. I said, when this season's over, as soon as this the last game here is over, I will call you, and we'll set up something. So I I called him, and they arranged a flight and and uh, I went and visited and Virginia Tech also they they sent a private plane from Blacksburg over to to uh, Louisville and picked me up and I went and spent a day uh, with them and then uh, they brought me back to uh, Louisville and I just uh, honestly, I was thinking of going and that, that that would they offered me, I think, five or six thousand more than Louisville did. And I and I never was I, I would never really thought much about the money part of it because in those days, you coaches didn't make the kind of money they're making now. Yeah, yeah, if it was now, there'd be a whole lot of different things have happened because I mean, there's a lot of difference between paying somebody twenty thousand and paying somebody. Uh, five six million like some of those guys are making (laughs) today so that it was it was a good experience and and I told him I I was going to go back to home to Louisville or to California and and that uh, give me one day and then I'll call you and give you my uh, decision so I called him and said "I, I would love to come and coach your team so I did I, I told Coach Wooden what I was going to do and he says well that sounds like a, a, a nice place and he said I, in fact we had just played in the final four back there when Karin, uh, We the next year once I got to Louisville we played in the, the final four the year before while I was still at UCLA we played in Freedom Hall <laughs> and that was kind of ironic and and uh, enjoyed that experience. We beat uh, Drake. They had a guy named Willie Wise who was really good, and then uh, we beat uh, Purdue, coach's alma mater, and uh, we beat them... Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't say we beat them handily, but we beat them uh, good enough. <laughs> and And so... At, at that point, uh, I'd take the Louisville job, and and uh, my first team there, uh, I wish I'd have had an opportunity to coach them two or three more years, because they were, you know, they played good. Uh, they played real well. Uh, now, we didn't shoot it real well, and I think that was because of Bill Walton. Every time we'd get the ball anywhere near there, he was staring down your throat or getting ready to block your shot or something. Yeah. And uh, I think that was uh, that was my first team. that, And I thought I was dumb enough, I think, to think that that was the way it was supposed to be. Because I was at UCLA three years, and we won three championships. And, and then I'm in the Final Four my first year at Louisville. And I, I thought, well, that was the way it was supposed to be. Obviously, it doesn't work like that. But at the time, I, I was probably naive enough to... to think that it was going to work that way every year. Obviously, you, you, some years you're going to have better players. And I will tell you this, I was a lot better coach when I had better players. <laughs> that much I figured
0: out. Didn't take too long. So you just mentioned you did play UCLA your first year in the Final Four. So yeah, how I, I know it's, just, it's kind of a dumb question to ask, but it being your first year, how bad did you want to win that game?
1: You know, it wasn't. It, it was other than the fact that it would have given us a chance to to play in the championship game. Uh, we we played UCLA and uh, uh, they beat us 75-74 in overtime. And uh, pretty good team. No, wait a minute. That's the 86. yeah. That was six.
0: Or no, it would have been the seventy five game that you all lost in overtime. Correct.
1: Yeah, but I, we were, I was at, this, we're, the first game was in 71, 72 season. Yeah. They beat us, I don't know, by 20 points or something, I think, and uh, that was, I was playing against Bill Walton and Greg Lee and all that, Jamal Wilkes and that bunch, which was one of the better freshman teams I know that probably ever played the game. In fact, they beat the varsity in a scrimmage almost every week, they They'd scrimmage one day uh, and they'd beat you, beat the varsity, which told you. I told you I, it, earlier when I mentioned that uh, I thought they, Bill was the best player. Well, I think that team was one of the better teams I've, that I've ever seen, uh, and they played uh, really well, uh, and so we then you move on, and and that first season is over, and now you got all new kids. We had eight or nine seniors on that team, so I didn't get to coach them but one year. But then the second year, uh, we had some good young players, not superstars or anything, but good guys and hard workers, and they loved basketball back there. That was obvious. One of the reasons I I wanted to take this job. I If I was going to go anywhere but UCLA, I wanted to be where they wanted, uh, loved their basketball, and this was certainly uh, one of those places, no question.
0: I think you're one of the main reasons why most people around here, I mean, I think the game of basketball was already pretty well liked, but I think you kind of pushed it over the edge because – even some of the Kentucky fans that I've told that I was interviewing you have been excited because there's – to me, there's not um, uh, one of the more – you're one of the more well-respected not only coaches but men in the game of college basketball. Well,
1: th- that's nice of you, Brandon. Thank you.
0: Uh, you actually – going back to the the tournament, you actually played UCLA two times in the first four years you were at Louisville. And you actually played them – in the 74-75 season, which was Coach Wooden's last year, and I went back and looked at all the games. You all actually gave them the closest game they had the whole tournament.
1: Yeah, we actually lost 75-74 at one point in overtime, and we had had them beat. Uh, We missed the free throw coming down right down towards the end, and and, uh, they hit a jump shot and tied it up. We went into overtime, and uh, I mean, they were... <laughs> well, they beat us, uh, or we beat ourselves, I don't know. It's probably a combination of both, but uh, at the time, uh, we we had a legitimate chance to win, and we didn't, and you give UCLA the credit
0: for that. They were really good, Would you but
1: s- we were really good, too.
0: Would you say that was one of the toughest losses you took as a coach? One, because... It ended up being the the last year of, of Coach Wooden.
1: Well, I didn't know that, and when the game was going on until after the game. But I, I I you know I never really looked at it like it was a good win or a bad win or a good loss or a bad loss. I I did, if we won, that was great. If we didn't, then we'd go back and practice harder and and get better. That was my only feeling and. And if if someone was gonna beat us, I was glad it was Coach Wooden. So I I wasn't really, uh, I mean, it didn't really bother me. I I wanted to win it, sure. It's, everybody did, <laughs> uh, but it didn't work out that way. But it did work out that way a little later in the eighty, nineteen eighty. We yeah, that was where that was our first championship team, and. Uh, it was uh, a team that started one freshman, and that was our center, Rodney McCray. Scooter got hurt earlier in the third game of the season. He was the starter up till then. And uh, then Rodney took his place, and we had uh, three sophomores, one freshman, and one senior, Darrell Griffith, that started on our team uh, ironically, both championships that we won in, uh, in 80 and 86, we had freshman centers. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, I, I don't know why it worked out that way, it just did. But uh, we also had Daryl Griffith, who was a senior in, in the 80 championship. And whenever we really got in trouble or needed something special, we'd run one of the options for him uh, on our offense and, and he I mean I don't remember when he didn't score when he needed to for us I mean he was a great player great young man still is got he just he he'd, if he wasn't open he'd jump right up over you <laughs> I mean he could really jump but he was a, he worked really hard on his game and most people didn't know he had small hands, and it was diffi- so it was difficult for him to dunk the ball. But he would cup it with his hand and his and his wrist, and and dunk it just like. Well, and you don't you see a lot of guys I guess today that can dunk the ball, uh, but boy, I never I never saw anybody that dunked it
0: with all the different ways that he did, but but he's a great young man and a great player. So after the the loss in 74, 75 to UCLA, and like I said, Coach Wooden ended up retiring, did you get in any contact from UCLA trying to get you to come out there and coach? I actually talked to UCLA, I
1: think at three different times, uh, about taking the job, and, and I would have been, I think as far as coaching and coaching, uh, great players and all that I, I probably would have done I think I could have done better uh, at UCLA but I wasn't as concerned about that as I was about I I love Louisville, I love the people here uh, we had a great place to play in Freedom Hall and uh, great support from our fans uh, uh, when I came here they were averaging 7 or 8 thousand a game and uh by this time, 75 uh, or after, we were averaging like 18,000, 19,000. So it was, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun uh, knowing that when you walked out of that locker room and walked down on that floor, you were going to, the place was going to be full. So it was a, a great place to coach basketball, and I have to admit, that was one of the big reasons. Uh the people here I mean they they just eat, live and I mean the whole <laughs> everything is wrapped around uh when the games are. Yeah. They people uh they come and uh even we had a, a big snowstorm come through here one time and uh it was so severe they they closed all the roads, and uh, they they did I came in the road from out where I live, which I which I wasn't sure I was gonna make it, but I did. And it, we ended up with seven eight thousand people in there, and you couldn't even drive on the roads. I don't know how they all got there or how they got home, but but they were there, and uh, that was. A fun experience. All the people in the upper, uh, they got they moved down into the lower seats, and and uh, it it was a great experience.
0: So you already you already spoke on uh, Darrell Griffith, uh, but you know after you know a couple seasons after that loss to Coach Wooden in seventy four seventy five, he actually came to the University of Louisville. When was it that you? When did you realize what he kind of brought to the team? Was it when you were recruiting him, or was it after he played a couple of games, after he'd been there a few seasons? Or
1: It actually was when he was in high school. I mean, he he, would, he was at Mail High School, which is just up the road from our campus, and uh, I'd go to watch his games, and he and Bobby Turner, who was uh, about a 6'2 forward that played for them, uh, those two came together and uh they were both really good players uh darrell was a little was more physical uh than bobby not mean or tough or anything just he was just one of those kids that had great hands and uh he played forward for us at 62
0: uh
1: <laughs> anyway when when Daryl and and Bobby came uh, that was that right after the 74-75 season they, and not only did they come together but they were great young men I mean I, they had just they had changed the the rule back to allowing freshmen to play varsity basketball yeah. or football or whatever the sport was uh, which they had outlawed a few years before when Kareem was playing, and then uh brought it back but but I was uh convinced after watching Daryl play a few games in high school that that there wasn't going to be many players if any, that were better than than what he was and and uh when we got into our practice season, I also realized I had a uh, I think it was uh, Philip Bond and uh, Rick Wilson. I had two other. They both left-handed and really good players. Uh, and they were upperclassmen. And, and of course, uh, uh, when Darrell came in and he and and Bobby, they when they were just freshmen, I thought these guys are going to be really good players and we needed to get some frontline players which we eventually did, but uh, nobody will that ever saw Daryl Griffith play will forget how talented he was. And, and uh, if you got to know him, you'd love him. He just a great young man and real good student graduated in four years and uh, just a, a special person.
0: You actually alluded to uh, the winning the title with them, and you won it over your alma mater, UCLA. I, I know you already said that you don't really get into, well, this one isn't a bigger win, but that had to be pretty special to win your first championship over UCLA.
1: Yeah, they'd already beaten us twice uh, before when we got to the Final Four, and, and uh, it was difficult. To imagine beating that team but you know what when it came right down to it I think we outscored them nine to two or something at the end of the game when it really counted our guys they just wouldn't let them score and they rebounded and passed and I mean they did some really good things uh, late in the game And, and we ended up beating UCLA for our first title and that was 1980, of course, and uh, we won again in '86. Uh, uh, but we also had a couple other teams in the eight, low 80s. 80 was it? 83?
0: Uh, 81. You lost on the uh, half court shot as well. Yeah, so. U.S. Reed yeah. threw that one in against us. Yeah,
1: but I mean. You win something like that, and you lose
0: something like that, I guess. So, uh, three years later, 83, um, was essentially what got the Louisville-Kentucky rivalry back together.
1: Yeah, in 83, uh, we ended up playing each other in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, it was the first time in 24 years, I think, that Louisville had... uh, Played Kentucky. Kentucky wouldn't play us. They wouldn't play anybody in the state at that time. Yeah. And uh, they felt like, as long as they were the number one, why should they give us any recognition? And they, I don't blame them for not wanting to play us anyway. You, you go if you're going to play somebody that can beat you, you'd
0: <laughs> you'd rather they'd be from way away somewhere, <laughs> not your neighbors. <laughs> So, so uh, again, like we were talking about there, that they got the rivalry back together, and it, at that time, you know, you see interviews, and uh, it kind of seemed like you and, and Coach Hall were kind of at each other. Um, and it, I, it I don't went to what you were saying there with uh, maybe they just didn't want to play you guys because they knew they would get beat.
1: Well, I don't think they they thought they were better than us, and I they they had a great team. I mean. We ended up beating them by twelve, but it was in overtime it wasn't in regulation. We ended up up uh, tying and tying it up, and they led us the whole game until uh, we got right down to the end, and we made it. Uh, we we had this a way. We had a a pressing defense that was pretty good, and we didn't. We used it in two or three different ways, and. Uh, right down into the overtime man, we changed how we uh, were pressing them and it we got two or three steals and uh, they rushed a couple shots and missed and and we ended up outscoring them like 14 to two or something by 12 I think it was uh, uh, in the overtime and Joe B uh, and I were uh, friendly. Uh, we were we, we didn't really know each other that well because we hadn't played and you know you you see some of the guys on the recruiting trails and things but we really weren't uh, enemies of any kind. We mm-hmm. just were he, he had a way of, he wanted it to work and I had a way I wanted to work and John Y. Brown uh, who was from Kentucky he was a Kentucky he played on their golf team at Kentucky and uh, he, uh, he was the governor at the time, and uh, he was at that game, and I think he thought it was such a great game that we ought to play every year, And which, of course, that's what we had been uh, rooting for, or trying to get them to do is to play us every year, and, and uh, not that you know you can beat them, because when you're a, a, as good as they were, you, you may not ever beat them. Uh, but as it turned out, uh, we won our share and ended up playing them uh, in Knoxville, and, and that game was such a great game, uh, and it came right down to the wire, and we just got rolling in overtime, and they couldn't couldn't beat us at that point. Uh, but you know, it was a time of Uh, I had some pretty good young players at that time that, uh, had, I, I, they actually had been playing out of their best position, I thought, on their high school team. So we, we had a couple good years in recruiting and, uh, the teams were, our teams were consistently good, uh, uh, and that, that was, from my perspective, the, what I wanted was was to be good enough to be in a Final Four every year. Now, that's not
0: logical realistic is, yeah. or logical,
1: <clears throat> but that's what I wanted. And uh, we had some real good kids from the South that were good athletes, but weren't necessarily great players, but turned out to be really good players. Uh, and they were fun to work with. They they loved being at Louisville, like, kind of like I did. They'd go to a basketball game where they were from, and and uh, their parents and grandparents and the other guys' parents on the team that were that was it. It was yes. that was all football country down there in the south. And, but the kids that we recruited were great kids, uh, and they were willing to do whatever I asked them to do, and uh, it it just kind of turned into some really good teams.
0: So how did how did you and Coach Hall end up uh, getting together to start your old radio show that you all had for a while? Coach
1: Hall was uh, well, there was. Sonny Smith, who was from Auburn, and uh, Wimp Sanderson, who was from Alabama, they got together. They were both past their jobs, and they got together and started one down in Birmingham. And then they'd call Joe or or myself. Not just us; they called a lot of people. But we both had been on on their show, and uh, they seemed to be having so much fun doing it. Joe called me one day and and said, uh, asked me if I'd be interested in talking about that. And I said, yeah, I would. And he, so he came up and and uh, we sat down and and uh, talked about it. And he said, let's go to Clear Channel here and see if if they'd have an interest. We went in and and talked to them, and they said they would. They it sounded like. It would. Earl Jones was running the station there at that time, and uh, he said, yeah, let's do it. So we just started in at it, and I was gone a lot early because uh, I hunt and fish and have my, had my whole schedule all set out and guides paid for and everything, and I, I built a house out in Idaho, and so you know, all those things kept me... Busy and kept me out of the Louisville area. So in the morning, with three hours difference in time, we'd it would be seven o'clock out there and ten o'clock here. But I'd tell him about the fishing and stuff, and then I'd I'd say to him, "Well, the fish are biting. I got to (laughs) go." And then Joe would just carry it on and go through the uh but he never really he enjoyed it so much, and he never really wanted to go anywhere and do you know he, he just he got to a point with at his age that that he just wanted to do that show and uh we got along so great had so much in common that uh that it was an it was kind of an easy decision for us and since the station wanted to carry it uh we decided, okay, this, this, let's try this. We did it 10 and a half years. So it was fun.
0: Yeah. Um, so what, what would you say, I know this is going back, but what would you say between the 80 and the 86 team, what would you say is the biggest difference between those two teams? You
1: know, there wasn't a lot of difference. I think the 80 team, uh, had the best athletes and, uh, they played really well together. The both teams did. Our Milt Wagner had broke his foot and wasn't able to play his senior year, so he was still at, he stayed in school and and uh, we, he came back the following year. And we had we had a good team. We had Billy Thompson and Herbert Crook as the forwards. Uh, they were both real good uh, at both ends, and and then. Uh, our center was Purvis Ellison, who was a real good player. Uh, and when Milk came back, I gave Jeff Hall, and he and Jeff Hall were our guards, and those two, five kids, they, I mean, they were really good. We lost four or five games early in the year uh, until Milk got back to, with it, what I would call normal for Milk. And, and once once he got hundred percent healed and and uh, played regular uh he 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 was the big change in our team and uh, we had a tough schedule uh, and I think we ended up losing seven games uh but once we got down towards the end, I think we won our last ten games uh Four of them, I guess, were in the NCAA tournament. I guess it was four. Uh, And uh, we we won all those games coming down the stretch and into the tournament. And it just, we were just, we were lucky. Yeah, I'd say we had good luck because we ended up playing uh, two overtime games before we got to the final four. So, I mean, we could have just easily lost. There were other good teams around. There were a lot of them there at that time.
0: So, you just mentioned, actually, what what I was going to ask you next. You were, you were always known for playing one of, if not the toughest, non-conference schedule.
1: Yeah, I always felt like if, if uh, the tougher the schedule, the better our team would be in the long haul, that they would – get better and better because of the level of the competition they were playing. And so we scheduled that way. We, everybody wouldn't play us, but a lot of good teams did. And it, it really, we had to open on the road most of the time because Freedom Hall was used for a lot of other things and we didn't have a home court. Uh, we, we ended up starting a lot of the seasons with three games on the road which is all right. It's tough playing uh, on the road, especially if you've got a new team. But but our teams, uh, they handled it all right. If they didn't win, they'd come back and we'd just practice all the harder and work a little harder and add a little here and take a little way there and just keep moving till we got to be the what we thought were the best we could be.
0: So you mentioned all of those recruiting classes that you had with you know, starting with Griffith and going up into the mid to late 80s, who would you say is the biggest recruit you missed on?
1: Well, Shaq was one that we wanted real bad that didn't get. Uh, Duran Macklin, who was from Louisville, and we, we, wanted, we wanted him real bad, and, and he ended up going to LSU with his, as did Shaq, but uh, he Macklin went uh, with his high school coach. They they hired his high school coach, and uh, he went down there. Then when we played him and beat him so bad, uh, I told him, I said, I told you, you should have come to Louisville. <laughs> and he was really good, great forward. I mean, tough, hard-nosed, left-handed kid. I mean, it was really tough.
0: You know one name I'm surprised I haven't heard? Allen Houston.
1: Well, Allen was a no, and we didn't miss on Allen. Though we had him. we recruited him. He signed to come, come to Louisville, and then his dad got the Tennessee job, and uh, he wanted to, obviously wanted to play for his dad, and you couldn't blame him for that. Yeah, but uh, as it turned out, I don't know it, it, if it was good for him or bad for him. But I I do know that. Uh, and he had a great career at the, in the SEC there. He led the SEC in three-point shooting and ended up playing with the Knicks uh, in the NBA for and had a great career. So, I mean, I, I for him, it was the right decision. And Coach Houston was such a great guy and a good friend. And, and uh, I was happy for him that he got the job. I wish it would have been a year later we'd already had yeah. Allen, but... <laughs> Anyway, as it turns out, it, it it all those kind of things usually work out for the best in in the long run.
0: You still have contact with coach uh, Houston?
1: Oh yeah, he's here in town and we see each other. I don't see him as much as I used to. We used to play golf together a lot, but when I started doing the Joe B and Denny show, uh I, I didn't have time to play golf 10 to 12 every day if we were if we were on you know, on the air, so I, it just was hard to Keep playing
0: golf, but I'm going to take it up again this year. Yep. So, so what would you say? You know, because I see you at all the home games. What would you say is the biggest difference between when you coached in the game now?
1: Well, I think there's a lot more. uh, There's a lot of really good players out there. I mean, every time you turn the TV on, even if it's a team that's maybe not rated in the top 20, they've got guys on their team that. I man, I said I like. How did we? Where did this guy come from? I said I we. I really like him, and all of the every team out there had had good players on it. They're just. I think that's the biggest difference is there's more good players uh, than there
0: was years before. So, I do have to ask you just a little bit about it. What what are your current thoughts with how the basketball program is now?
1: Obviously, they've had some some problems, and uh, yes, I'm glad I'm I wasn't still coaching, because <laughs> yes. the problems they're having they they're not doing as near as well uh, this year, and I think they have some pretty good players, and they they there are games that Virginia game that they played uh, on our floor at the Yum Center, that was as good a basketball game as. Is, uh, Louisville's played all year by far and uh, yeah we made a couple mistakes at the end and we ended up losing by one but the game itself against a team as good as Virginia uh, it, it it was one of those games that, that you always you just kept waiting for them to make a big explosion and, and take a big lead on us like they did at their place when we played them and it just never happened and then our team uh, we we made a couple mistakes right down at the end and and lost but our, but the basketball david padgett is is a really good guy and a and a deep, real good coach i i think he's done a good job with that team uh, i don't always agree with with anybody in terms of all the things they do but David was uh, new at coaching. I would put it that way. But his dad was a coach, and he played for Coach Patino. Yeah, and so I mean, he he had a great back background, and and he did a good job with them. The kids loved him, and he worked hard. He played. They played hard, and they didn't always play great. But uh, I I had a lot of teams that didn't always play great. And I think most people do. Over a period of a long haul, you you're going to have some ups and downs. But I like Coach Paget, and I I hope that whatever happens, it works out good for him because he uh, he he's had a tough road this year. It's it was it's been a tough it's a tough job to take when you get uh, all the problems that our that our teams have had here the last uh this well just this year but the things that happened before this year that got put him in the position they were in uh could he couldn't overcome all of them and, yeah. and I don't uh, I I look at his season and I think he's had a really good year considering everything
0: that's that's happened so you uh, you talking about that it obviously shows that you've gotten to talk to coach Badgett a pretty good amount
1: uh, yeah, I've talked with him, and, and uh if if I told him any time if he had anything he uh, wanted to talk to me about or if he
0: needed something that I could help him with, that I would. Do you get a chance to go down there very often and help him with practice or anything? No, I didn't oh. want to be a coach. <laughs> I
1: I told him I'd help him.
0: Yeah, and if I I if he needed
1: me. Uh, I'd have been there for him, but he, he's doing fine with it. So,
0: if there's anything that you could say to the fans that don't get to hear from you as often that you're not on the radio anymore, what well, what's one thing that you would tell everybody?
1: Well, just have, some, have patience. Don't give up. Uh, this year... Maybe it'll turn out better than we think, or maybe it won't turn out as good. But uh, it, it, it'll it come back. This we, We've we got a lot of good things going for us here, and uh, a lot of things are changing, and we have a lot of new people, I mean, all the way from the president down to...
0: The athletic director and the coach, yeah. Yeah, we've
1: lost... <laughs> A lot of we've lost a lot of people, uh, and I, and I've uh, is
0: that good or is that
1: bad? And and I'm not, I don't think I'm uh, the one that ought to be given voice and an opinion about all that stuff. I I hate thinking about it because it's it's a tough tough racket. Uh, I coached thirty years at Louisville, and uh, I can assure you that uh, if everything always went like you wanted it to go I, you kids would never learn to live with and create uh, opportunities out of the diversity that they had and, and had, they just they've done good considering everything and I'm just hopeful that uh, that they'll get it back on, on track and I'll be there supporting them
0: I actually had to mention one more thing, or it's two parts, but this, I, you were the coach, the first time I remember really having a memory of being a Louisville fan, it was uh, the 1995 Louisville Kentucky game when Samaki Walker actually had triple double, and you were actually the coach, the first game I ever got to go to, which was December 3rd, nineteen December 23rd, 1999, when we beat North Carolina by 17 in Freedom Hall, so. Some of my best memories have been when you were coaching, and that's why I was, I I, I told uh, Susan through email like I I was blown away at the generosity for you to take out time to to help me with a, a venture that I'm trying to go into, and I mean, well,
1: Brandon, it's been my pleasure talking with you, and uh, I hope I answered most of your questions.
0: You you did, you went above and beyond anything I thought that that could happen. But uh, I do, I do want to give you a chance. Is there any? I know you mentioned the thing with the venison earlier. Is there anything that that you would like to promote, or, or you know, a, a charity or something that maybe some people can look into? Oh yeah, I
1: have a scholarship foundation. We raise money to help <clears throat> kids go to college, and uh, you can just go to the U of L website when it comes down to me, or it'll. It'll come down to, uh, it will actually take you to my website where I, uh, are, I'm are i promoting and raising money to help kids go to college. And that's my number one charitable thing right now, although I'm involved in a, uh, quite a few others. That's the number one for me. And I'm lucky because the people here... Uh, I, I think they still like me and appreciate me, and and they support my charity. Yeah, and, and that's that's good. We gave uh, hundred thousand dollars to the university. Well, we gave them a lot more money than that, but we that's what they gave out one hundred thousand dollars scholarships this year, this past year. That's and great. And we'll do that again this year. And the next year, and the next year. So we, we may end up changing that someday. But right now, that's where we are, and it's a good cause, a real good cause, to help kids.
0: Well, Coach Crum, I, again, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Man, it's a pleasure. I'm hope, maybe we could do it again someday. Maybe we can get Coach Hall to come on here with you.
1: Wouldn't that be fun?
0: That would that would be great. Um, oh, we could probably do that. I would
1: probably have to go to Lexington because Joe's 89 now. He doesn't like to travel.
0: I'll go ahead and tell you this on record. If you'd be willing to do that, I would drive you to Lexington. I would love to do that. Well, I'm not. I think
1: that Coach Hall would uh, welcome us
0: with open arms. Uh, But again, I I thank you for having me here at your house. And guys, I know you are going to appreciate this interview because I. I sat here just, I, I, I could have listened to your stories all night. That was that was great. So, guys, I, I hope you enjoyed the, uh, the interview here. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun doing this. And um, do me a favor, keep liking, keep sharing all these episodes and everything. And I'm going to keep trying to get, I don't know if I can get a guest as big as this, but I'm going to keep trying. So thank you guys and have a good day.